Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zelmer, founder of Faces of TBI and your host. Today, we will be chatting with Dr. Stephanie Mills and her daughter, Brooke, talking about National Concussion Awareness Day this Friday, September 15th. This episode is brought to you by Minnesota Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion rehabilitation, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraines. They are the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in Minnesota. They've greatly helped me as well as many others in the Twin Cities. You can find them online at MN functionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I am Amy Zalmer, and you are listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council. And I recently released my first book, Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal. You can learn more about me at facesoftbi.com, and you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. Today, I have two amazing guests for you guys. I have Dr. Stephanie Mills and her daughter, Brooke Mills. Dr. Stephanie is a chiropractor and mother to Brooke, a teenager who suffers ongoing post-concussion syndrome. Dr. Stephanie believes in the power of the body to heal itself and has guided thousands of patients towards optimal health through chiropractic care. Stephanie is proud of her daughter's passion to help others and has supported Brooke's efforts to increase concussion awareness. Brooke Mills is an 18-year-old concussion survivor and the founder of National Concussion Awareness Day. Brooke suffered a concussion in a mandatory gym class during her freshman year of high school. When traditional medical treatment failed, she sought alternative care and a path toward healing. After realizing so many concussion survivors feel misunderstood and not supported, Brooke became a peer-to-peer speaker for schools in her state. Brooke has used stories of her physical, academic, emotional, and social struggles to inspire others and educate as many people as possible on the reality of concussions. So welcome to the show, ladies. I'm clicking you both in here. All right. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. And, you know, Brooke, one of the things that really catches me at the end of your bio is the reality of concussions. I love that word reality in there because they are so incredibly misunderstood. And we hear the word concussion and we think, oh, it's not a big deal. And I know for me, I was originally diagnosed with a severe concussion. I was told I'd be better in four to six weeks. And, you know, here I am three years later. (laughs) So um, I I applaud you in your effort of just raising awareness. And I think I'd love to start by having you share with us how you did suffer your concussion and kind of that journey that's taken you to where you are today. 
Well, thank you so much. I think it's really also important to remember that everybody's concussion reality is completely different. So our two struggles have been very different in our healing processes and the things that we're suffering from. But like you said, I was in my mandatory freshman gym class, and I went to go pick up a ball. Um, We were playing team handball, and I was kicked in the head. Um, and knocked unconscious on the gym floor. I didn't really know where I was. My face was obviously in a lot of pain after being um, kicked by a boy's foot. Um, and I, I went to the nurse. She kind of called my mom and pretty much told my mom that I've suffered a concussion, but she cannot diagnose me. So I went to my pediatrician and was diagnosed with a concussion, um, then hearing that I would uh, be healed very quickly and Things will go back to normal very soon. But um, just like you, I am years out now, almost three and a half years, and I still have headaches, uh, dizziness. It's um, been a real struggle for me to keep active um, because of all the light sensitivity and um, the headaches that it gives me. And the work is really hard when you're I'm a, I'm a full-time student in college, and so it's, it's hard to be able to memorize things and read and track and use my eyes and use computers. So everybody's struggle and everybody's concussion reality is different. Absolutely. And, you know, I I thank you for bringing that up because, you know, no two concussions are the same. No two recoveries Mm -hmm. are the same. And no two, like, treatment plans are the same because, you know, what works for me might not work for you even though we might have the same symptoms. So it is yeah. a very complex, um, you know, problem. And I get it how, you know, there is such mystery around concussion. Um, so maybe, Dr. Stephanie, maybe you'd like to kind of talk about as a mom and a doctor on top of that, you know, like here you are, you're a doctor and you're watching your daughter struggle. And that has to just be heartbreaking. It is, you know, for any mom, when you have a child that's injured or sick or not feeling well, uh, you just want to make them feel better. And you feel so helpless Mm -hmm. when you're watching them struggle, and especially with a concussion because you're watching them struggle with everyday things like walking into a room and they can't remember what they walked in for or going out for a walk and then having a pounding headache after, you know, a tenth of a mile. So, as on, on the mom side of things, it's just it's frustrating and heartbreaking and scary. Um, on the doctor side of things, I, I'm thankful that I have the knowledge that I have um, and that we as a family have an understanding about how we treat our bodies. Um, we went to a concussion specialist uh, probably about six months after she was injured and still having very severe concussion symptoms and she was offered four different prescription medications um, after maybe a five-minute consultation. Um, And it it was, yeah, for us as as a holistic family that that sees our bodies as as an intelligent being that um, when we have symptoms that that's a sign that that we need to address the symptoms um, and find healing for them. It, It was really shocking to see a 14-year-old, she may have been 15 at the time, but offered an Alzheimer's medication, um, an antidepressant, a painkiller, and uh, another another drug as well, like just after a five-minute consultation. 
just for post-concussion syndrome um, as a teenager. That's kind of frightening, isn't it? I mean, I know Mm -hmm. I have a similar story. I, when I finally went to the neuropsychologist, she wanted to put me on Ritalin, antidepressant, and a sleeping pill all in a, I actually, I at least had an hour consultation instead of five minutes, but still (laughs) in one meeting with me, wanted to put me on all these drugs. And I just, I politely said, no, thank you. I want to try healing this on my own before I, you know, like if this doesn't get better, maybe Mm -hmm. I will consider it, but I wasn't willing. I I knew that the drugs would be like a band-aid, like they're not going to help my brain injury. Um, so it's frustrating that that's the first line of defense sometimes. It, it is. And I'm just thankful, like I said, for the doctor side of, of this story for me is, is knowing that, well, we need to put the brakes on it and think about this more before we just take <laughs> that recommendation. Yeah, yeah. So what did you guys, like, what was your next line of treatment? Like, what have you done that has helped? Has anything helped for you, Brooke? Well, after that experience, I was very fortunate enough to be able to travel to Atlanta, Georgia, to the Carrick Brain Institute, um, where I had a week-long therapy. Um, Twice I was able to go. So I definitely saw extreme improvements, and they helped me kind of relate to my injury and understand why those things were happening. So I didn't – I felt – a little less like there was a monster inside of my brain that was just eating parts of me that I, I couldn't understand what was going on. But I was I was understanding myself a little bit better and why I'm struggling so much um, because they were able to explain the parts um, that were really damaged in my concussion. Um, so their therapy definitely really helped. Um, and we've been in touch with InFocus Vision and therapy eye care center and that's in my state of New Hampshire and so they have a lot of concussion rehabilitation um, and strengthening um, those senses and motor skills as well so I'm interested to continue with their care you know and you touched on something and it was you said how the Carrick Institute explained to you why these different things were happening. And it really, you know, it took me two and a half years to get to a functional neurologist. And when I, and I was still struggling a lot with the visual stuff, the dizzy, the balance, the startle reflex, which I didn't really know that that's what that was. And when he explained to me, it's because your eyes aren't following, you know, this correctly. They're not working together. The startle reflex is your body's, like protective mechanism, like it wasn't as scary. Like, okay, I'm dizzy because of my eyes. I don't have like some major damage inside my brain that they're not finding, yeah. you know? Like exactly. it's just, like, it really, you feel like you have more control over it when you it's understand. Just, even though you don't. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Nobody exactly. was ever really able to explain what, what's happening and why those things are happening and when it's in your own body and you can't see it nobody else can see it but you're feeling it I mean I guess it's a little bit more reassuring as to you're not crazy <laughs> things are actually happening uh-huh. and causing you to feel this way yes exactly so Brooke maybe now you could talk a little bit about school so you 
excuse me, you were a freshman in high school when this happened. Um, mm-hmm. Were you given any academic accommodations? Did they help you? Like, I mean, it had to have been a struggle going back to school and having all these problems. Of course. So right after my concussion, I um, I took about two weeks off completely out of school, um, and and I pretty much slept the entire time. I wasn't myself. I definitely had a lot of mood changes. I wasn't interested in mm-hmm. like talking to my friends. My friends lost interest in me. Nobody really understood what I was going through. So I I didn't have much motivation to get back into school. But when I finally did. I um, was very thankful to have uh, a pretty large school, so they had handled some concussion situations before. And so I went to half of a class, and then I went and rested in the nurse's office for the other half. So I went to 45 minutes of the next class and then 45 minutes to rest. And I did this continually for a couple of weeks until I felt um it was in March at the time, so finals were coming up. It was the end of my freshman year. Um, the pressures of high school, I just felt like I needed to completely just get back into things, um, try my best to finish up the school year, and then um, have the summer to heal and, and focus on myself and the things that still need to improve. And I, I found I got a little bit better over the summer and then, uh, you know, had to go back, dive back into school and, where I kind of shut down a little bit more. I was suffering from a lot more headaches because all of the visual fields and parts of my brain that weren't fully healed were, um, were really needed to be in use. So I, um, I continued to just work really hard. I knew I had to work a lot harder than other people because my eye-tracking skills were not as great and memory skills really lacked. Um, and I had physical barriers that could stop me from succeeding but I tried really hard and I was able to graduate high school in three years and um, and now I'm a sophomore in college I still definitely struggle with school and memorization but throughout the past three and a half years you have to kind of learn your own your new brain you have to learn what things work for you what things don't work for you and and just try to take things to a grain of salt but just work really hard yeah. So to clarify, so are you saying you graduated early from high school? Yes, I graduated a full year early. Wow, good for you. Thank <laughs> That's you. amazing it was for a goal anybody. That I had. So. Yeah, the goal that I had before my concussion, and um, sometimes when you suffer things like a concussion or even just a physical bone break or something that um, kind of – changes your goals, um, it was really nice to be able to still um, still complete that goal. That's amazing. Good for you. Um, Thank you. And you are going to school to be a chiropractor as well, right? Yes. That's awesome. So now you'll be able to help other people with, with concussions and brain other injuries. People, <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> So, Stephanie, that had to been that had to be a great feeling as a mom to to watch your daughter. You know, she still ended up graduating early because I know too many stories of high school kids that get a concussion and they fall behind. Um, and mm-hmm. so that had to have been that had to have been great to see her continue, you know, on with her school like that. 
Absolutely. I'm so proud of her. And to see firsthand just how hard, like she said, she's worked. Um, And at times I know for her in high school, it was frustrating to see that she was working twice as hard or three times as hard as her friends or the other students. It just, just to achieve maybe even a little bit less academically than she was before the concussion. Um, So it just, it really is, I think, inspiring to people that even haven't had a concussion, but in any challenge in life that, you know, hard work really can overcome. And so tell me, um, whichever one of you wants to jump in here, how did this journey of creating National Concussion Awareness Day, how did that come to be? Because that's pretty exciting. Well, it started with a statewide day. So in the state of New Hampshire, um, we got a proclamation um, declaring that in the state of New Hampshire, it was it was Concussion Awareness Day. Um, and Concussions don't only happen in New Hampshire. Um, they happen everywhere <laughs> around the United States. And yep. We play football, and we are very competitive in our sports, and so it is a much, much bigger issue than the state of New Hampshire. So um, we knew after after the one year that it was an, a success with the Brain Injury Association of New Hampshire that we needed to bring it um, bigger and, and definitely tried to push for National Concussion Awareness Day, which I'm really happy has um, taken off. And we're partnered currently with the Brain Injury Association of America um, and my organization, Lessen the Impact. What was that, Lessen the Impact? Yes, lessentheimpact.org is where you can um, read a little bit more about my blog, about my stories. I write a lot about um, a lot of articles that come out about CTE, I find that extremely interesting, and um, mm-hmm. personal issues that I've had to help relate to either people who want to know what it's like to have a concussion so they're able to um, be a better friend or family member to somebody suffering or um, for those people suffering so they know that they're not alone. One of my favorite blogs that I've posted is um, Who Stole My Cookie? I um I had a package of two cookies, and I'm gluten intolerant, and so it's really hard to find cookies that I like, as funny as, as that yes. may And <laughs> I was eating the cookie, and I told myself, okay, I'm going to save this second cookie for later. And for the next week, I was looking all over the place for that other cookie that I could have sworn I saved and then out of the blue, it just hit me that when I ate the first cookie, I ate the second cookie, too. <laughs> so I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, um, that happened in life that you just you wouldn't think of, and it's funny to be able to share those. And, and you know, to be able to laugh at it now. You know, in that yeah. moment, it might not have been so funny, but to be able to, like, make light of it now, it's, you know, there's something about humor in healing. <laughs> of course. You know, and, and talking about CTE, you know, you two were originally scheduled to be on my podcast last Friday, <laughs> and I managed to to um, schedule Dr. Bennett Omalu, uh, and I was like, I'm sorry, you guys, I have to bump you, but I have a good reason. <laughs> I know, you have a very so, good reason. I I got a little, um, I got a little jealous. 
Huge fan girl. So I appreciate you guys rescheduling this. <laughs> of course. But um but yeah, he you know, he was fabulous as always. But the whole CTE, you know, I just you know, what are your thoughts on sports? Um, you know, I, you you obviously got kicked in the head in gym class, which was, you know, sort of a freak accident. I mean, but you know, what are what are your thoughts on sports? Did you play sports? I had actually never played a sport before. If you qualify dance as a sport, which many people do, um, but it's it's not a contact sport by any means. Right. Um, so I had danced for many years. I think about twelve years, ten or twelve years. Um, I had been a competitive dancer, but never played soccer or basketball or anything like that. So I didn't. I wasn't really aware of concussions. You knew they existed. You knew the, mm-hmm. the very few basics. Um, but having having a concussion in a mandatory gym class that everybody needs to graduate, I definitely pushed that. Right. Everybody needs to know what a concussion is, and everybody should get their baseline test done because that's a really um, good precaution and thing thing to have um, in case you were to suffer a concussion. But I think with sports, the biggest issue is parents not being educated about concussions. Um, My mom really didn't even know too much about concussions before what happened to me. Um, And so parents are those people to be putting their children at a young age into sports. And so they need to definitely take into account what damage could be done by playing sports at a really young age. Yeah, you know, and and I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Like, I never really played sports. I played volleyball, which, I mean, when you really think about it, you really can get hit in the head a lot in volleyball, you know, either by a ball or an elbow or another head. Um, But, you know, fortunately I never got hurt playing volleyball. But, um, you know, I never knew much about concussions either. And, And when it happened, I mean, you truly can't, I just, I don't think you can truly completely understand the physical toll it takes on your body until you've experienced one. And if you, like, in my situation, I never really knew anyone who'd had a concussion before. And so I felt very isolated. Um, I, I just, no one could help me relate. And I know, you know, that's why I ended up, you know, starting to write about it and blog about it. And I created a private Facebook group. And, you know, I I have a feeling that similarly why, you know, you've done all the work you've done um, with creating Concussion Awareness Day. Um, It's just growing that awareness. And I think you nailed it by saying educating the parents. Um, The parents need to understand. And, Stephanie, maybe you can chime in on this, but, like, I feel like as a parent, you know your child better than they know themselves. So if they've been hurt (laughs) and they're just not acting right, you know, like if they got hurt playing football, Mm -hmm. let's say, you know they're not okay, but they think they're fine (laughs) because they're concussed, right? And the coach wants to put them back in. So as a parent, you really have to be the gatekeeper. I totally agree with that. And we saw that with Brooke where she didn't, realize how bad she was um especially in those early yeah. few weeks after the concussion she's like I'm fine I'm fine I'll I'll be fine I'll go back to school <laughs> and then 
you know, you let her go back to school because she's saying she's fine, and, and then she finds out she's falling asleep in English class, and it's like, oh, well, I don't think you're fine. You don't usually fall asleep in class. Um, like, even for her, she wasn't realizing that she was more moody than normal. There's a lot that, like you say, a, a parent knows their child best, and they yeah. really do need to be that gatekeeper. Where it gets really complicated, though, is yeah. if you have you know, a parent that is very interested in returning their kid to the field in a sports event um, because they don't want them to miss time, um, or maybe because it's close to the end of their high school career and they need to be seen by scouts. And so actually I feel like that everyone needs to help be the gatekeeper for that child, the parents, but also the teachers, the clinical providers, everyone needs to keep their eye out as a community. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, unfortunately some of these kids do get back on the field way too soon. And, you know, that, that repetitive hit is where I think the problems lie. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, really just creating awareness about what concussion even is. So many people don't even know that a concussion is a brain injury. Um, they're like, oh, no, it's just a concussion. <laughs> no, it's a brain injury. <laughs> so, it, you know, it is, but it really is. helping. It's sad that we as a society view a concussion as no big deal. And and I have to say that even going through medical and chiropractic training 17 years ago, it was just, oh, oh well, if they get a concussion, it's a bump on the head, it's a bruise of the brain, it'll be over in 17 yeah. days, no big deal. So even as a medical provider, yeah. our, our education is very limited on concussion unless you know we're looking at the latest research and, and keeping up on on what the experts are saying now about concussion, which is very different than what they were saying about concussion five and 10 years ago. Yes. And I think that's why I am so passionate because I have a group of almost 8,000 people on Facebook and they all complain of the same things with their doctors, not believing them, their doctors saying, Oh, there's no way you should still be having symptoms, you know, three years later. And it's just such outdated information and, you know, mm-hmm. we really need to help other survivors feel not so alone. We need to help the families understand. We need to help the medical professionals understand. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's a big task. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that we're, we have just three minutes left, but I want to make sure that you guys get a chance to tell us on fr- this Friday, the 15th of September, it's National Concussion Awareness Day, and you want people to share their stories on social media and use the hashtag National Concussion Awareness Day. So um, whichever one you want, to briefly talk about that. Well, this is to definitely create a conversation. One of the main goals of National Concussion Awareness Day is to to create awareness and start that conversation. So sit down and have that talk with either your friends, your family, your kids. And make sure that they know what a concussion is. And if you've suffered a concussion, to share your story to be a support of those other people around you that are also suffering. And do you have anything to add, Stephanie? National Concussion Awareness Day is about helping everyone understand that concussion is an invisible injury, but those people that are suffering are not invisible. So even if you personally haven't had a concussion, 
support the people around you that have been because that's really what they need, love, support, and understanding. Oh, absolutely, and you said that so perfectly. Well, thank you both so much for being here. I think this is such an important thing that you are doing, Brooke. I am just I'm so proud of you, and Stephanie, thank you, you know, for being here and for helping Brooke, and I just, I love seeing this. It's just, it's such a great thing that you two are doing. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening and being here today. Thank you for being a part of my journey on this crazy road, and I hope that you guys took some golden nuggets from this conversation today and I hope that you know you take some time on Friday and post your story with concussion whether you had a concussion or you have a loved one with a concussion um, and use the hashtag National Concussion Awareness Day and just another thank you to our sponsor Minnesota Functional Neurology the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain rehabilitation in the Midwest mnfunctionalneurology.com and be sure to visit facesoftbi.com to listen to previous podcasts and see any other topics we have going on on the blog and again you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer and on, face, on Facebook it, you can follow me at Faces of TBI. so thank you all for listening thank you for being a part of my journey and I will see you all again next time have a great day everyone